Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1032, Empathic Listening, How and Why to Stop Trying to Fix Your Friend's Problems, by Arthur of theartofliving.com. Hello, everybody, and thanks for joining me today. I am your host and narrator, Greg Audino, really excited to be with you once again with a post that can help you to retool all of your relationships, really. Uh, today's post is very versatile, and it comes from Arthur of theartofliving.com, who is a recent addition to our roster of OLD contributors. A lot of his work touches upon relationship building too, though, so we're really happy to feature this article here today about empathic listening. So let's jump right in, see what he has to say, and start optimizing your life. Empathic Listening, How and Why to Stop Trying to Fix Your Friend's Problems, by Arthur of theartofliving.com. So, Aaron and I were chatting with a friend on the weekend. He just had an argument with his girlfriend, he was obviously feeling bummed out about it, and it didn't take much prodding to get him to start opening up. This is great, we both thought, as he told us exactly what had happened. It's nice that our friend feels he can share this stuff. Wouldn't it be great if we could do something to help? And so we began chipping in with our own thoughts and advice on relationships. We recommended books that we'd read, we explained how we thought he could handle it, we gave examples, we asked leading questions. And our friend was nodding along and agreeing. He admitted that he hadn't thought about some things, he said he would try others, he acknowledged that our point sounded valid. We were starting to feel pretty good about ourselves. But then, I spotted something sobering, something I might not have noticed if I'd been chatting to our friend one-on-one. Because as I watched him nod along to something that Aaron was saying, I noticed that his body language was not looking happier. In fact, he looked more miserable than he had at the start of our brief conversation. Disaster. We wanted to be good friends. We wanted to help him get through this. But instead of making him feel better, instead of supporting our friend through his problem, we were managing to make him feel worse. And that is when it hit me. I realized that, Just because our friend was sharing his problem with us, it didn't mean he wanted us to fix it. In fact, he almost certainly didn't need us to fix it. Nothing we were saying was rocket science. It probably wasn't stuff that he didn't already know. And even if it was the best relationship advice ever given, that wasn't the point. It didn't even matter, because it suddenly struck me that our friend had just had an argument with his partner. He felt guilty. He felt wronged. 
His frustration had been simmering inside him, and all he wanted right now was for someone to shut up and listen. He just wanted a chance to be heard. But instead of giving him that space to unwind in, we were shutting him down with solutions. We'd dissected, we'd advised, we'd evaluated. And though we'd been listening attentively, we'd been so busy trying to fix things that we'd failed to really understand him. So, here's what I decided to do next. First up, I pulled up the conversation and apologized. And because listening is something we're both working on, Aaron was instantly on the same page. We explained we were sorry for interrupting and we asked him to start over again. Second, we tried much, much harder to listen. We focused on the tone of his voice and his body language. We paid attention to what words he said and how he said them. Third, we tried to reflect and rephrase his position. We didn't try to take sides. We didn't try probing or leading. We just tried to reflect back the thoughts and emotions we were hearing. Like, you're frustrated because she didn't warn you this was important to her. And finally, we tried not to fill in the silences. We allowed him to pause and to think. We let him restate and repeat himself. No matter how tempting it was to jump in, and no matter how awkward it felt. And you know what? It wasn't easy. It felt hard to focus. It felt hard to sit there with his guilt and his anger and his frustration. It felt hard to not offer solutions. But it also totally transformed the conversation. Because instead of feeling interrupted and frustrated, our friend finally got to finish his story. Instead of feeling judged and evaluated, he finally got to get things off his chest. And without prompting and without problem-solving or advice, he came up with a more creative, more mature, and more personalized solution to his problem than anything Aaron or I could have given him. We even picked up some new ways to think about our relationship. Pretty cool, huh? Now, I wish I could say that I did this consistently. It's still a major work in progress. But this was just one of those moments that felt so powerful that I wanted to share it. Because the thing is, better listening is something we could all benefit from in our homes, in our workplaces, in our communities, in our governments, and our schools. And the thing is, it's not rocket science. All it takes is to stop talking and start listening more carefully, to stop trying to fix things, to let other voices sink in. So tell me, when was the last time you really listened to your loved ones? When was the last time you just listened empathically to you? Who else are you failing by constantly trying to fix them? You just listened to the post titled, Empathic Listening, How and Why to Stop Trying to Fix Your Friends' Problems, by Arthur of theartofliving.com. Really love this post from Arthur today. Such a vital lesson, a lesson I think we're hearing more and more. It was actually just touched upon in a parenting episode uh, from Adina Sokoloff a few days ago. But it is still so difficult to apply. Uh, you know, the natural problem solvers in us are always looking for solutions, always looking for control, and it's especially easy to feel as though we are called to do this when talking with a vulnerable friend who seems to be in need of help. But one way of easing into this process, a, a very efficient way of making it feel more and more like second nature, is to simply ask. Remembering to ask someone if they'd like us to listen or provide advice is much simpler and arguably a stronger sign of care than trying to will ourselves into not looking for answers right away. 
And if this person does acknowledge that they just like a listener, doing so will be easier after having asked that question and made it clear. You can then proceed with trying to understand them rather than trying to fix them. And that's going to do it for today, everyone. Thanks so much to Arthur for sharing, and we look forward to more from him here on ORD. Going to wrap up now, but be sure to come back tomorrow for our Thursday parenting show and where your optimal life awaits.